Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Drock side. I'm back. <laughs> uh, sorry, it's been a little while uh, with this whole COVID-19 outbreak thing or pandemic, whatever, epidemic, whatever you want to call it. Um, there's an all the quarantine that goes along with it. There's been a lot of traveling I've surprisingly had to do in the past couple weeks. So I had to skip last week. Um, uh, but we're back this week and we are now talking about the Dark Lord of the Sith. <laughs> so as you can see, I'm very excited to be back. It's going to be a good time. But before we jump into anything in terms of the dark side and the Sith and what they believe and what they do, let's open it uh, with prayer and we'll get this thing kicked off here. So, Father God, we come before we throw in the name of your son, Jesus, and we thank you for this opportunity to talk about Star Wars, for the fact that uh, you made George Lucas and gave him the ideas to create Star Wars so that we can kick back and relax and watch good movies and talk about it and geek out about it and create fan fiction and everything that goes along with it. I ask you just to be with those who are in quarantine right now and maybe feeling a little lonely just because of the lack of human contact they're allowed to have. I ask you just to keep everybody safe from the coronavirus and to heal those who are um, uh, in contact with the virus and just remove it from their lives and to give them health and uh, prosperity and um, healing not only physically but also emotionally and mentally and in friendships and in family uh, while we're required to stay more at home and do things more virtually. Thank you for blessing this podcast, using uh, blessing the words that I speak, and using me to bring joy and laughter to others' lives. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so as I've st stated uh, last podcast in the beginning of this one, we are now talking about the Dark Lord of the Sith and what they believe. So the Sith are obviously drastically different than the Jedi. Um, there, there's many reasons for that. We're just going to jump right into that real quick here. We're going to start off with their origin. Um, with the, with the reason why they're called Sith Lords is because Sith is more of a race of people, uh, from my understanding. Uh, as far as I know, that's still canon. Um, but from what I can tell is, is that Sith were actually a race of people. And so the name Sith Lord comes from the race of these people that like, uh, whether it be they are the lords of the people or the people who are like humans, like for example, for example, Emperor Palpatine or Darth Sidious. Who just ruled over them cities did not actually do that but like that's just an example of like a human being sith lord ruling over these people either way that's where the name sith comes from so that gives a gives, a, gives you a little backstory as to what sith really means and then when it comes down to sith the reason why they're so different from the jedi is because they have this rule called the rule of two when sith first started out they were numerous I mean, there was num like so many sith ver uh, um uh, just as much as there were Jedi. There's thousands, and there's you just had hybrid force users just going out and on a rampage just fighting each other. So um, a couple thousand years before the events of The Phantom Menace, Episode 1, uh, which is where we see Anakin Skywalker introduced, we have um, this Sith Lord named Darth Bane, kind of like the Batman villain. And... Um, he Darth Bane was a Sith Lord, and because one big thing of the Sith is is there there's so much of them that uh, is ruled by their emotions and their passions. You know they they look, look inwardly only about themselves, and they are selfish. They are wanting to grow more in power. That's mainly what distinguishes them away from the Jedi. You know the Jedi are selfless, Sith are selfish. That's one thing that George Lucas had put in there that that is really not you know. Uh, is really more of them being more selfish 
and making them thinking more about themselves than others. And the Bible talks about not thinking about yourself and thinking about others and placing others before yourself. Like joy, there's an acronym for joy is Jesus, others than you. Sith would be you, others than Jesus. So, so that, that's kind of how the Sith worked. Uh, but we, when we look at the beliefs and the philosophy of the Sith, they, they go and there's always hatred. There's always hatred. You know, fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. And through their suffering, they get all the power. Because if they, you know, as we discussed last week, the reason why I think that Darth Vader is the ideal Sith Lord is because he he doesn't hate somebody that's not himself, you know. He uh, he hates himself, so he always has to live with himself, so, like, that hate is continuous and so on. And so that's why we, you know, had discussed Darth Vader and why he's, he's one of the best Sith Lords. Um, but when we come down to just Sith in general, like, that was their whole goal. Like, and most of them, you know, their whole goal is to hate the Jedi. Makes sense. You know, because I believe this is legend, but um, it still could be canon. What ended up happening was, is in the Jedi Order, like how Sith started, was, you know, he had one guy fall and use, you know, the dark side of the Force. You know, because there's the light and the dark, and the, there's numerous different beliefs as, as if, you know, there's balance and the Force just goes, we have to have light and dark at the same time, or if, you know... The Jedi are there to remove the Sith, which, which is an aberration in the Force, which is something that I, I believe, but that's that's neither here nor there. Um, but when we lo look at the Sith themselves, you know, they're just one of many dark side Force users. So, for example, you know, you had the Jedi, they some of them fell, then they were called Dark Jedi. You know, some went to Korriban, that's when they became known as Sith Lords, and they had been ruling uh, as the head... Uh, factor of dark side force users for millennia upon millennia so they're they're a very big staple in all of star wars and how the rule of two came about is we have darth bane look and see how the sith continue to fight and murder each other because that's what they did you know that's that's their belief so he thought if i could go and make the sith stronger we i go ahead and do this we have only one master and one apprentice the one master passes on all that they know to their apprentice and when the time comes, the apprentice can then kill the master and then take an apprentice of their own. And if the Sith is truly, like, super into it, they would be proud of their apprentice for killing them, them as the master because it would make them more hateful, more powerful. Because, they, like, they, in, their, in Bane's mind, we go, okay, we have two instead of 2,000. We're going to be able to do so much more. And I feel like Palpatine and his role as the master of the Dark Lord of the Sith, you know, that that's... That shows and expresses, you know, the perfect use of the rule of two. And so, and that's that's the belief system of, of the Sith and how they, they operate, how they um, had created the rule of two. You know, Bane had his own apprentice, and I can't remember her name, but there's lots of information on him in Legends. And he was introduced into the Clone Wars TV series um, as kind of like someone to tempt uh, Yoda. Or kind of like as an obstacle, so it's used as an as a kind of like a almost like a Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom, kind of like a trap, trying to like to make him afraid. And Yoda says, "You're not real. You died how many years ago?" And kind of a really cool piece of information is Mark Hamill is the one who vo who's the actor of Luke Skywalker voiced the interpretation of Darth Bane. So um, there's a lot of different versions of uh, stories of Darth Bane, but we're, um, he is canon, but he. 
Um, lots of the details on him, I think, are legends, so we're going to kind of stick to the canon parts uh, to help everybody understand what the Sith are and so on. So, so a big part of that of Sith that makes them stand out the most, if you're just an average person watching Star Wars, you go, oh, the Sith are the bad guys, and they have the red lightsaber. No Jedi has a red, lights a red lightsaber. And that is the biggest part that stands out with the Sith. And the reason for that is, is because kyber crystals that give lightsabers color are technically living entities in the in a way so they're they don't have it's not like they're they're beings of some kind but the crystal themselves is kind of like living through the force as far as i can understand it because they because in how many different scenarios if you're force sensitive and you there's a kyber crystal around you can hear it with the force like something is singing like you know almost kind of like a beautiful ringing going on and that is what a kyber crystal is. And so when you look at that kyber crystals, that's what is used to power the lightsabers. That's what all Jedi have. And when it comes to being a Sith Lord, um, they go through this process called bleeding of the crystal. And what happens is, is um, you have to acquire a crystal, and then you have to use the dark side of the Force within yourself. You're using the fear, the anger, the hatred, the pain, and the suffering that is coming from the individual, and they're infusing all of their dark side into that crystal, and then the crystal will bleed red. That We see this in the Darth Vader comics and what happens to Darth Vader. Um, what ends up happening to Darth Vader in this instance is, you know, he... I think We may have gone over this last week, I'm not sure, but what, what really made him uh, stick the, stay the course was because... He had a vision, and Obi-Wan said his name, and he said no, because he hated himself so much. But when we're looking at it this way, I'm assuming since it happened to Vader, it happens every time a Sith goes to bleed their crystal. Um, it would be uh, a vision of, of the, a last-ditch effort by the crystal to say, hey, do the right thing, don't do this, and the Sith can choose to continue with it. And we've only seen Darth Vader's story, uh, so we can't tell, you know, if every other Sith had one similar to it or what the case may be or what they hated the most, whatever the case is. But that is how Sith go and get their red lightsabers. They don't just find red crystals. They go ahead and they use the Force to infuse their dark side into the crystal. And so the b blade of the lightsaber is their dark side and their will of the dark side doing those things and wreaking havoc on the galaxy. So that I find to be very interesting because it personalizes each individual Sith Lord. And... Not that if they get a red lightsaber crystal doesn't mean that that's their own individual thing, but it, like it really shows their connection with the hate and the suffering and the dark side into the blade. Like it makes them all one intended being of darkness. So that doing that for the Sith, I found to be very interesting. Now, on top of that, uh, there's a lot of different force abilities that are mainly very dark. Even if a Jedi would use one, it is it appears to be very dark. Uh, one of the most classic ones is Force Choke. We see Darth Vader use it all the time. We have seen the child in The Mandalorian, or Baby Yoda, as, as most people see it on pop culture, uh, um, uh, use the Force Choke at, uh, um, in certain instance, in one instance in the in the Mandalorian series. But when you see it, you're like, wow, that's pretty. It's a pretty dark turn. But Anakin Skywalker used it in the Clone Wars numerous times. He choked Padme when she was uh, trying to get him back to come to the light side. Red Wars battle with Obi-Wan Kenobi on Mustafar in the movie Revenge of the Sith. 
So it, it that's a very dark side type thing to do. If you're force choking anything, that's a pretty pretty obvious dark side Sith Lord like thing. So that's kind of that's kind of the the significance with that ability. Um, one abil- another very common ability is force lightning, which means lightning comes out of uh, the fingertips of the user and will electrocute their enemies. Now we haven't used seen Jedi use this. Yes, it's in some uh, uh, legends video games like uh, Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy, or Jedi Outcast. The one story of Kyle Katarn, like Kyle Katarn says, you know, not every single uh, Force ability is evil. It's how you use them, which is true. Um, we've seen it in Force Unleashed, uh, which is a legends or just a uh, this is a Star Wars story. We're going to try to make one type story, you know. So we've seen Force Lightning be used, and you know. We, we see it most commonly in Emperor Palpatine or Darth Sidious. So we have so so that's kind of like two big powers and abilities that the Sith use and the Sith have, and it's really quite interesting because, you know, um, we hadn't seen that. You know, when you first watch the original trilogy, you go ahead and you see Palpatine. Go, wow, this is pretty significant. Like holy cow, you know, and you see how impactful force lightning is you know pretty much if you're powerful with the dark side you're going to be using those two abilities often now there's other different abilities uh within the force that the sith use you know um i know maul uses it um although kylo ren is not a sith he's a dark side force user but they do those who use the dark side use it to extract information from people's minds so and from what it appears it, it does damage physical or mental to the person that they're trying to get the information from. So those are just a, a handful of abilities from the dark side that they use heavily and rely on heavily to inflict their will or pain on others. One that I think is actually really cool is this Force Storm, and that's a matter of debate if it is uh, canon or not. Um, they talk about how in the Legends books they, they have... Um, Palpatine using Force Storm to take out fleets of ships, but that sounds very similar to what happened in The Rise of Skywalker. So I believe that you know Force Lightning can be used to a certain extent that it it is powerful enough that it can appear like a storm. I feel like that is the closest thing we got in canon would be Palpatine using it in uh, The Rise of Skywalker. One Sith Lord that was very well known for using that is. Uh, Darth Revan, he used that quite a bit. Um, I'm not. I think he crafted Force Storm, or made that ability, or discovered the ability, whatever have you. Um, but I believe that's Legends. There's a lot of really in-depth Legends information about Sith, but in canon, there's not much. So we're just kind of we're what we're trying to sift through is um, try to basically get at where we're at with the Sith in canon, because this will be definitely explained further in further movies or shows or whatnot, because. Um, you know, we have the Clone Wars concluding this summer. We have a uh, se- sequel series of Star Wars Rebels. We have the second season of uh, The Mandalorian. There's all different kinds of things that are out there that will explain more about the Sith. But as of right now, this is the information that we have. Um, and one thing about the Sith, since there's the rule of two, there's not very many of them um, that we see in the movies or in the TV series or what, ha- what have you. But, you know, there's, there's lots of them that are more powerful. So it's exactly what Darth Bane wanted, and he, that's why he's a very monumental, impactful 
um, Sith Lord because he's the one who made this rule, you know, like Yoda says, always two there are, no more, no less, you know, and Maul references that um, in Star Wars Rebels. He says only two, no more, no less. So he, you, you see, you see that's their way. And if anybody deviates from that, they're considered a pretender or a dark Jedi or just an assassin for the Sith, you know. And for example, like you can look at it and go, well, Falcador, why why would we be talking about this when, why, how could there not be that many? Because you see how many Inquisitors in the, you know, Jedi Fallen Order game and in uh, Star Wars Rebels, but they're not classified as Sith. I would consider them dark Jedi because they're not um, full-fledged Sith Lords, so therefore they're they're more of uh, the dark Jedi class, meaning they use the dark side of the Force, but they don't fall in the order of two. So that's how Sith can get, get away with things and how people can write stories, and here we are. Um, but that's kind of that's kind of where we're at in terms of you know abilities, where they started off from, the rule of two, um, you know the lightsaber bleeding uh you know and the sith lords you know like the, the the famous quote everybody's their own hero of their own story so the sith have always wanted to take control of the galaxy and they view the jedi as the enemy you know and they will go and do merciless and horrible and evil things to ensure that they get what they want one other major thing about the sith that it shows that they're drastically different from the jedi is that um i believe that they're allowed to have children it would make sense if they were allowed to specifically because of the fact that, you know, if you have a Sith Lord with a wife and children, and the wife and the children are killed, then he would go on and become more powerful on the dark side and continue to dive deeper and deeper into darkness. Um, and even so, you can, if you would have a slight rivalry between siblings, or you'd have, you know, the child wanting to be the Sith Master and, you know, hating the parent... You know, it would, it would, it would, if you're going by the absolute power of the Sith, that's the goal. And so it kind of shows that Jedi aren't allowed to have kids. Sith are. Jedi have certain colored lightsabers that express their, um, their personality in the Force when they construct it. Sith bleed their darkness into the crystal. Uh, the Jedi are selfless. Sith are selfish. Jedi use their powers for good, for protection and healing. Sith use it for their own self-gain and destruction. So, you, can, you know, and the Sith also are few in number because of the rule of two. Jedi are numerous because they don't have that. And so you can see this this paradigm in the Force, you know, and you see these... And you can see these two factions within the Force kind of very well represented in the uh, Mortis story arc within Star Wars The Clone Wars. I know we talked previously in the uh, podcast before, especially last week. Um, so just kind of quick recap, you have the father, son, and the daughter. Father is the force itself, son is the dark side, daughter is the light. And you can see how this this takes place because the planet of Mortis looks like a giant holocron within space. And it's a planetoid that is there when, during the daytime, there's life. In the dark, or in the night, there or the darker hours of the day, there's death and destruction and lethal storms. The son, you can see, wants to leave the planet and wreak havoc on the galaxy because he's very selfish. He wants to become more powerful, rule things, destroy things, all different kinds of things with that, right? But the daughter is content with staying to ensure that there's balance in the Force because if one's gone or one's killed, balance, imbalance runs rampant. So 
for example, the son goes, kidnaps Ahsoka, and controls her. Obi-Wan seeks out help from the father, sees the son attack the father. Daughter doesn't see it, doesn't believe it, but she'll help Obi-Wan find the dagger at the altar of Mortis. And uh, be, so that, that way the Jedi can use it to control the brother or, the, or her brother, the son, and possibly kill him. So they show up uh, attempting to stop the son who the daughter was attempting to fight and uh, stop them because the hate and the fury between the companions were fueling the po the powers of the son. So the daughter's like, I have to stop them. The son's like, nope, not allowing that. And so they get into a fight. The father shows up after from waking up from his injuries. And with a backhand from across the room in this uh, dark side temple, he force pushes them out of this uh, high, high citadel window. And he goes outside and the son's like, thank you for joining our little party, father. I've been waiting for this for a long time wants to murder his father so that he can go go deeper and deeper into the dark side. The daughter explains to Obi-Wan, it is his nature to be selfish as it is mine to be selfless. So you can see that happen. And when the son uh, kills the daughter by accident because she was trying to protect her father, he was trying to kill the father, um, imbalance comes to uh, the planetoid uh, or the planet Mortis and Anakin, who is believed to be the chosen one by all three beings, um, gets help from the daughter to help save Ahsoka, who is dying because of the son. The son is now traumatized by killing his sister, the one only person he truly loved, um, is what he stated. And Anakin is now uh, attempting to stop him, joins him for a moment, the father erases his memory, and then they uh, use the dagger to stop the father, which kind of severs the power of the son's abilities and it's kind of you kind of might be confused going well why would they kill the father the father actually stabs himself in sacrifice to uh save the situation and save the galaxy and the and mortis and uh the chosen one and his allies there which severs the power that the son has and then anakin who's the chosen one kills the son likes how he kills the sith and the dark side in the end so bringing balance so he the balance was restored so when you have you know, the light side removed, imbalance runs rampant. When you stop the dark side, balance is brought back. So that is kind of, it does a really good job of a parallel story to Anakin Skywalker. But more importantly, it, for this topic, it shows us how the light and the dark operate. And you can see that, obviously, with the Sith. So so that's that's just kind of like one of those things I, I found very interesting to... Um, bring up and discuss because you can see the different paradigms of those two sides of the force and you know you not only get to see that in the lives of the sith lords that we're going to talk about later on in this podcast um episode but um but more importantly just you see that in the story so you can kind of personify the beings or the uh the force entities themselves the light and the dark so that just kind of gives you a glimpse of the difference between the two uh, similar to the difference between the Jedi and the Sith. So, now that we've kind of dived into what Sith believe, what they thrive on, what their purpose and goal and their drive is, um, I think what we're going to do now is we're going to uh, just go into uh, the list of the top eight Sith Lords because, um, as I've said, there's not many. There's not many 
uh, Sith as there are Jedi. Excuse me. Um, so, you know, uh, we're, we'll get some honorable mentions, uh, a couple from honorable mentions from Legends and honorable mentions of uh, would-be Sith, but we're mainly going to be breaking down uh, the Sith Lords that we know of in canon and telling their stories uh, and how they're connected to the main storyline and kind of see how they represent Sith and why they're so powerful and why they're they're good Sith Lords. So at the bottom of our list, number eight is Lord Momin. Lord Momin was a creature who just he was really kind of a disturbed character because he did all these disgusting, disturbing pieces of artwork trying to reflect his love for the dark side. And he would serve the dark side and just do all these horrible and evil things like kill people, and it was just really, really dark. Um, he was in the Old Republic. The Jedi went to stop him, and they eventually did. But his spirit eventually passed on into his helmet. And this is where it kind of gets a little dark and creepy because whoever puts on the helmet of some form, in some form or another... Um, he now controls that person. So it's kind of almost like, I guess, you know, kind of like, I wouldn't say like uh, a horror movie, but it's kind of interesting because his helmet controls the person who's wearing it, and whether that's animal or human or droid or whatever. And the Jedi had it in their temple for a while, but once Vader returned to stop uh, Jedi uh, librarian Jocasta New, um, it was uncovered by the Empire. Palpatine took it and gave it to Vader, and Vader had kind of came into contact with Momin. So this is, uh, I believe, before the events of Episode Four, or Rogue One, because Momin is was also an architect. So he helped Vader construct his castle, which would help open a portal to the Netherworld of the Force, which would break time and space, which some fans hate, some fans love. So we're just going to leave that where it is. But because um, that way Vader could go ahead and bring Padme back to life. And he his life would be slightly better. Uh, but Momin wanted to use it to connect his helmet to his body. So he does so and he unites his helmet, his soul, whatever, with his physical body. And Vader goes in, confronts him, and kills him. It's, it's kind of funny because Momin is quoting, you know, hey, you know, I... I serve the dark side. The dark side loves loves me and lusts after me because I serve it. You can't kill me. The dark side's not going to allow it. Um, and that's when Vader used a giant pillar to pin him up against the wall. And after he said that, Vader continued to use the Force and pushed it into him and killed him. So that's kind of Momin's brief uh, blimp in the history of Star Wars. So, but uh, that's Moment at number eight. Number seven is Darth Plagueis. Lots of fans love Darth Plagueis. <laughs> you know, not only for the meme content, which would be, you know, the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise, which is actually not a, a fictional story. It's, it's not a Sith legend. It's actually real. Um, because Palpatine says it's a Sith legend, but that he was actually referring to his master. So Plagueis is the Sith Lord master to, uh, Darth Sidious or Emperor Palpatine, the main pro the antagonist of the Star Wars story, the Star Wars saga, all nine movies. So, um, Plagueis, um, I I forget what the name of the species is, but uh, those who, uh, uh, who control the they're the banking clan. Uh, he's the same species as them. So if you see the scene in Star Wars Episode Two where they the Separatists are having they're meeting on Geonosis, and the character says to Count Dooku, the banking clan will sign the treaty. That's what uh, 
Plagueis looks like. He's kind of they kind of look like really long, lanky humans. So they have really long, you know, tube-shaped heads, really long arms and uh, uh, fingers and toes and legs and feet and all that. So very interesting kind of species of alien. Uh, but he um, was the one who wanted to find. Uh, I think he played a large role in finding the chosen one, and uh, you know, or wanting to find the chosen one or help creating the chosen one. Uh, whatever case it may be, he played a role in Anakin's story to an extent. Uh, I have not read the novel involving it, um, but I know it's Legends. I believe it's Legends. I could be wrong, though. Uh, however, uh, Plagueis was a very influential Sith Lord because he trained the main antagonist of the Star Wars story and helped create the Chosen One, I believe. So, uh, Plagueis uh, was actually very powerful to save others from death. He could use the Minichlorians to create life, which is how Anakin came to be. And um, he taught Palpatine everything he knew, and Palpatine killed him in his sleep and became the Dark Lord of the Sith. And uh, trained who uh, was the next person on our list, Darth Maul. Darth Maul's story is probably one of the most intricate side stories of Star Wars, because Maul shows up in Star Wars Episode One and battles Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan Kenobi. And we all know how that plays out because Kenobi killed him, or supposedly. And Maul falls down a giant shaft and uh, is cut in half, but uh, because of his hatred um, for Obi-Wan Kenobi, he stayed alive. Literally, like, you know, there's a there's there's a meme going around when um, Star Wars Rebels was still on the air and had a picture of Darth Maul. It says, you know, man, or, you know, it was like a news headline and it said, man, too angry to die. Which is true, because he he was so full of hate and so full of the dark side that he willed himself to live on. And so he was on a separate planet, and his brother Savage Opress uh, finds him, and uh, with the help of the Night Sisters, which I'm not very much of a big fan of, but they're kind of like a subset of the dark side force users, and so... Um, but anyway, they, they help out uh, Darth Maul, bring him back to his normal conscience because he was almost going insane, Gives give him new robotic legs, and he goes on a manhunt to kill and slaughter and uh, find Obi-Wan Kenobi and kill him. So uh, Obi-Wan and Maul clash quite a bit in the Clone Wars. Maul kills Kenobi's uh, love of his life, which is Satine Kreese, which we have discussed, and uh, ruled Mandalore. Uh, after the Siege of Mandalore, where Ahsoka Tano, Captain Rex, uh, Bo-Katan, and other uh, heroes fight off Darth Maul, Order 66 takes place, and Maul escapes. Maul goes back to the criminal underworld, and he he goes and creates uh, different crime syndicates, and he... He rules that time, uh, or that part of the galaxy for a time. Then there, uh, his downfall takes place, and he travels to the planet Malachor to find a Sith temple, which appears as a Sith temple, but the Sith holocron inside it powers it to create a battle station, and it, uh, it provides the power to destroy life, which is what Maul wants. He wants to destroy Palpatine, who betrayed him, Vader, who's Palpatine's right-hand man, the Empire, who is Palpatine's, Pal excuse me, Palpatine's Empire, and then he wants to destroy Obi-Wan Kenobi, because Obi-Wan Kenobi is the one who cut him in half, and has been his arch-nemesis that survived for years. 
So, and then, uh, not long after that, he finds Kenobi, and oh, Kenobi kills him. So, most of us know Maul's story, but Maul's story is very interesting because it shows that he was used just like everybody else during the time of the prequel era of Star Wars, and was thrown away once his role was complete. And, but it also shows that somebody who is, does remarkable different things with, with the Sith, for example, he and his younger brother, I believe his younger brother, uh, Savage Opress, uh, go around and do all these things that are more Sith-like, in my opinion, than what Palpatine and Dooku were doing at the time. Uh, for example, you know, Dooku was a very powerful Sith Lord. He, you know, he definitely knew the different ways of the Force, uh, both knowing how the Jedi operated and then following the dark side. He led different armies, but um, Maul went and did what a Sith Lord would do in, in war t in time when war was not there. He went in and uh, took control of different... Uh, factions of different criminal organizations built his empire and then just did whatever he wanted to exact revenge on his enemies and that i believe is more sith like one than what the main sith were doing however obviously palpatine put a stop to it and tortured him so it kind of shows that like maul hates the jedi he hates kenobi he hates palpatine and it shows somebody who uses the dark side who hates you know, somebody who's not himself, because he, he feels as a victim of other people's doings, not himself. Uh, but speaking of Count Dooku, Count Dooku is our next person on our list, and he was, he's, he's a very interesting character and one of my favorites, um, in terms of the Sith, just because he's, he's very interesting and, uh, I want to say, uh, very surgical in his lightsaber movements and, you know, very, well kept as a force user and as a leader and as he's a count so he has to kind of keep it that way um i heard some people consider him more of a dark jedi because he doesn't lash out in anger all the time but they never really got into his anger side of it but it did it does show that his his and i believe what makes him a sith lord is because he hates the jedi you know yes he hates yoda to an extent but he because he lost his apprentice who is who was like his son, you know, he let that drive him to continuous, you know, just continuous hate for the Jedi and, you know, how the Jedi were operating. He leaves the Jedi Order, becomes a Sith Lord, and creates the biggest distraction in the form of a droid army in the history of Star Wars. You know, he he is the puppet, he's the face of, quote, what is evil, within the timeline of the Clone Wars as the Apprentice. People think that he's the Sith Lord, and he is a Sith Lord, but he's not the Dark Lord of the Sith. He's playing the role of the Apprentice, and he is an immensely powerful Sith Lord. We see him use Force Lightning, which takes very, uh, very large amounts of, I believe, time in the dark side, but also age, because we see Darth Vader, and he never uses Lightning. Like, you know, even Anakin Skywalker was never able to use lightning. And that could just be because, you know, he never learned it or never had the desire to learn it. Or the fact that his suit would be destroyed if he used it. Um, either way, Dooku was a much wiser and older Sith Lord and was able to use Force Lightning. Uh, he could contend with Darth Vader, and or not Darth Vader, excuse me, Yoda, in a lightsaber fight. So, 
Yoda and him would go hand to hand, and that's that's a pretty big feat because yes, he was Yoda's personal apprentice, but like the fact that he's a Sith Lord who can contend with Yoda, that's a big feat, in my personal opinion. Um, he obviously met his end when he faced Anakin Skywalker, and Anakin Skywalker took one step closer to the dark side by killing him uh, towards the end of the Clone Wars at the Battle over Coruscant, uh, freeing uh, Chancellor Palpatine from Dooku's grip. So, um, be that as it may, he was a very manipulating and very powerful uh, Sith Lord. And, you know, he's played by Christopher Lee, who's one of the most respected uh, actors in history. Um, so that, that kind of adds a little bit more to why I, I like Dooku, but, um, be that as it may, he was a very wise and powerful Sith Lord. So our next person, our next Sith on the list is Darth Bane, uh, the ruler, or creator of uh, the Rule of Two, and, you know, he was, a, there's not much about him that I personally know about, but just the fact that he is the creator of the Rule of Two and made the Sith so much stronger by ruining out their numbers and then saying, I'm the Dark Lord of the Sith, I killed everybody else, and I'm making this rule here. I find that to be very interesting, and just the fact that he created the Rule of Two get, means that he has to be within the top five of the list. Like, there's no way that he cannot be lower than five. So, so just for the fact that he created the Rule of Two, he's a very powerful, well-known Sith that even the Jedi know who he is, you know, shows that he deserves to be um, on this list. Uh, the next person on the list is Darth Revan. I mean, like, he's a fan favorite. And for good reason, because Revan's story is one of the best in Star Wars. Now, he can, it, there's how many things that, you know, like him shifting between back and forth and light and dark, but he definitely was the Dark Lord of the Sith after confronting the Dark Lord of the Sith. And it, I don't believe he killed him, but he turned to the dark side, became a powerful Sith Lord, being the most powerful, and lopping off the jaw of his former best friend, Malak and them becoming two some of the most powerful dark Sith, dark lords of the Sith in Star Wars history. Now, granted, this is in can Legends, not canon. So, uh, but I think it could be canon just because of the fact that Revan is now canon. So, but be that as it may, you know, Revan was betrayed by Malak and was taken in by the Jedi, had his mind erased, came back the Dark Lord of the Sith killed Malak, and continued to destroy throughout the galaxy. Now, in the Star Wars The Old Republic video game, still online video game, I think it could be considered canon, but be, simply because of the fact that it's still out there, people are still playing it. But be that as it may, I still think it classifies in Legends, because Disney were not the ones to create it. But be that as it may, uh, there is a story where the dark side of Malak returns, and he creates his own Sith empire challenging darth malgus who is the current lord of the sith and going after the jedi as well so everyone within the game has to fight darth revan now on the light side the light side of revan is alive and guiding and helping them so the whole purpose of the jedi is going we have to reunite these these two entities or kill the dark side entity and stop stop revan here and now or darth revan here and now uh after that, I, I believe that the story is resolved and Revan is his light side gets to rest in in peace with the Force. So, um, so Revan is one of the most powerful lords of the Sith, and you know he's higher than Bane specifically because one he's a fan favorite, but two, um, he also created Force Lightning. You know, he he 
was so powerful in the dark side he created or not force lightning force storm excuse me he was so powerful in the dark side of the force that he created force storm so for someone to be able to do that i believe that he deserves to be very very high on our list so uh the next person on our list would be uh palpatine or darth sidious darth sidious is probably the best antagonist in all of fictional history uh because of the fact that he hides within the shadows and trains three you know and if you want to count the inquisitors yes them as well because he had influenced them in some form or another but three or more uh individuals within the within the star wars universe uh who were just doing their thing and then he trained them to be the most powerful and impactful dark side force users of all time like look uh you know darth maul crime lord count dooku leader of an incredibly powerful army to overthrow the republic which hadn't been done s since the formation of the republic you know and then darth vader who is the in my opinion greatest sith lord of all time you know who is the perfect con construction and tool of the dark side so but palpatine uh i unfortunately i believe uh rose to the dark side by proving that he was going to be a dark lord except by killing his family it's very sad but that's what he chose to do and then he goes on to become the dark lord of the sith trains darth maul trains count dooku and emerges from the shadows um uh during the end of the clone wars while posing as the chancellor of the republic so he's playing both sides he's playing the good guys and you know with the republic and their army and then also playing in the shadows as Darth Sidious. So he's playing, you know, both good and bad to create his own empire. You know, he created the Grand Army of the Republic to create his force that would be his empire. But then he created the Separatists to challenge the Empire so the Jedi could go, or excuse me, challenge the Republic so the Jedi could go and fight them. And then they would just kill everybody all at once. And then he could create his empire of evil and rule the galaxy with an iron fist making all dark lords of the sith of the past proud you know so you know and we know that he you know fights and kills mace windu and uh kit fisto agen kolar and stacy tin some of the greatest jedi masters you know of all time and just kind of showing how powerful he is in the dark side but how surgical he is and very powerful and and um effective he is with a lightsaber he uh, battles uh, Jedi Master Yoda who, uh, to a standstill and continues to rule the galaxy with an iron fist, approves the creation of uh, the TIE Defender, the which is a sh uh, ship created by uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn in Star Wars Rebels, and uh, approves the creation of the Death Star, which is a giant space station that can blow up planets. Anybody who's anybody knows what the Death Star is, so I, I don't need to go into that. But, um, you know, he continues to uh, influence and train Darth Vader. Um, before the events of Episode Four, Vader was starting to slip up. Uh, excuse me, before the e events of Episode Five. So after Vader slipped up uh, at the Battle of the Death Star, the Death Star gets destroyed. Um, Palpatine approves the creation of other technological uh i guess you could say assassins uh who are you know you have uh, twins a brother and a sister you have mon calamari with uh the body of general grievous basically it's not grievous's body but it's definitely inspired by him 
and how many other different technological marvels within the Star Wars universe and made created from the same doctor who created Darth Vader's suit. Um, because, and basically they were doing Palpatine's will um, and challenging Vader and Vader obviously destroys them all. You know, they go to fight Darth Vader and beat him because they want to be Palpatine's right-hand man. But obviously Vader comes out on top. Um, but it's very interesting because, you know, he's telling Vader, show your merit. You know, and when Vader goes and basically does some black market stuff to gain what he wants, you know, Palpatine is proud of him. So it, it, it becomes a very interesting topic to discuss because, you know, Palpatine is very proud of Vader for the fact that, you know, he's doing all these evil things because it's the way of the Sith. And everybody knows that, you know, Vader eventually uh, goes back to being Anakin Skywalker and throws Palpatine down the uh, a giant shaft within the uh, Death Star itself. And at that point, everybody, everybody believed he was dead for about 30 years. Uh, however, when, when he, his spirit was apparently still alive, and when there was a clone, he, they, he, he influenced others to, to create a clone of his physical body so that he could manifest himself in his physical body. But because of that, the dark side was so prevalent within it, he, the, he was able to speak and move through the body to an extent, but the body was so mutilated until he used the dark side of the force to take the uh, force energy from uh, his granddaughter Rey uh, and Ben Solo who had a force dyad and who used the force to heal himself and manifest as the true dark lord of dark lord of the Sith once more uh, and, and my belief is is that um, he used force storm to destroy how many ships within the resistance and their allies. However, the Rise of Skywalker novel may disprove that, so I could be wrong. But um, either way, Palpatine was a very powerful, massive Sith Lord who obviously had a son and uh, wanted to... He was obviously powerful enough on the dark side that if Rey would have slayed him before he used the Force to heal his, his physical body that he was in, um, you know, she, he would have passed with into her. However, my belief is is that because he used the Force Eye to fully manifest in this body, his spear was not able to unite with Rey when, if, she, if and when she killed him. And again, he was uh, killed by Force Lightning ref being deflected back into himself and him and dying that way. So obviously Palpatine is one of the most powerful Sith Lords of all time, the greatest antagonist ever. And the reason why I say he's the greatest antagonist is only because Vader is a villain, yes. He did some very evil and atrocitous things, but it's a redemption story for him. He is not the ultimate antagonist. He is a hero to an extent. So, until he officially becomes Anakin Skywalker in the end. So, that is why Palpatine is number two, and obviously Darth Vader is number one. We went into Vader's life story. We've discussed Vader quite a bit in this podcast today. Um, however... Vader is one of the staples in pop culture. So if we're going to be talking about Sith Lords, he's got to be mentioned at least a little bit. You know, um, a couple behind-the-scenes uh, fun facts of Darth Vader. Uh, on his suit, um, his breathing apparatus, which is the square in front of his chest, um, there is some Hebrew lettering that says he will not gain until any his anything until he merits, which I find very interesting. Vader, I believe, is father in Dutch, I believe is what it is. 
and he also um in episode three he was voiced by hayden christensen when the helmet came on he was just his voice was lowered so he could talk like darth vader i believe that's a rumor that i heard and i think that's what what it is and his story is one of the most uh, best redemption stories of all time so vader um is one of the most powerful and influential just tools of the dark side in my opinion because when you watch him fight when you watch his story you know even in the graphic novels that they're making now you can see how he just continuously just you know he cuts through anything in his way like you know a hot knife through butter you know and that's the sign of a true powerful sith lord and i think the reason why he's the best sith lord is because he hates himself and so uh so yeah that's 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 the list of Sith Lords that we have today. A couple of honorable mentions would be, obviously, Savage Press, who is the brother of uh, Darth Maul, Asajj Ventress, who is a Sith assassin, a couple of the Inquisitors, like the Grand Inquisitor, fifth brother, seventh sister, and ninth brother. They're technically Dark Jedi, however. A couple legend Sith Lords that are really, really fun are Darth Treya. Uh, she has the ability to levitate lightsabers around her with the Force and be very... Uh, uh, has a very good precision and is very surgical with how she um, she battles with her lightsabers. Uh, you have Darth Sion, who, like Darth Maul, willed himself to go on with hatred. Uh, however, his body is decaying at the same time. Like, every time he dies, he comes back because he, he continuously seeks to live on through the dark side. And then probably one of the most massively powerful sith lords in legends would be dark nihilus he was able to destroy planets while using the force so he'd be on the planet and he would destroy the planet and just with the dark side so there's a lot of really cool sith out there and um you know it's really interesting to see what they believe i personally am more of a fan of the jedi because i just i'm drawn more toward the light but um there are a lot of really cool sith lords out there so i hope you guys enjoyed the podcast um I'll be back doing more of the podcast now, now that the traveling's been over with, and hopefully this quarantine will die down and we can all get out and breathe some fresh air and go to a restaurant. So, um, but yeah, uh, so stay tuned for uh, further episodes within the channel and or in the podcast, and we'll be talking a lot of more really cool and interesting stuff next time. Before I go, I want to say a prayer of uh, forgiveness because as we look at Sith Lords, you know, there's a lot of hatred going around with them. And I just wanted to talk to people who maybe there's somebody in your life that you've grown to hate because, you know, they've done done you wrong. We've all been wronged in our life. It, if you live here long enough, you will experience, you know, pain and hurt and betrayal and people doing you wrong. But if you hate someone, even if you look, even you know, you look at every everybody throughout the world, whether they believe that Jesus is their savior or not, uh, they they know that hatred is bad. They know that it that resentment is corrosive. You know, you, you see that in pop culture in Avengers Endgame. You see that Iron Man says to Captain America, "Resentment is corrosive, and I hate it." You know, if you grow to hate somebody and allow that to fester in your spirit and in your inner man or your soul it's really gonna affect you um both emotionally mentally physically it's it's gonna drain the life out of you which is what the devil wants so tonight i just wanted to go ahead and lead you in a prayer of forgiveness uh for um towards others or maybe even asking god to forgive you 
you know, the Sith also go through self-hatred. So I want to take this moment just to pray for you guys and lead you in a time of prayer to um, just let go of the past burdens of pain and hatred, whether that be of yourself or others, and and just leave your burdens with the Lord and let him heal you and forgive others so that he can forgive you. So, Father, uh, I want you to repeat after, after me as I pray this. So, Father God, I admit that I have uh, not kept the love walk and have hated whoever it may be in my life. Uh, you guys know who it is. Um, just take a moment and just uh, reflect on those people and just let let Jesus take care of it. So I'll give you guys a few seconds here. So Lord Jesus, we come before you and we just give all these burdens to you. We forgive those who have wronged us, whether it be a family member, a friend who betrayed us, a significant other that broke up with us and broke our hearts, or someone or a boss or someone in authority who has done us wrong. We forgive. Repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I forgive them. They are forgiven. I love them because that is what you have commanded me to do. I, as an act of my will, am choosing to forgive and walk the love walk and love those who have treated me right and to love those who have treated me wrong. I ask you to forgive me, Lord Jesus, for my sins, for hating others, if that applies to you, or not walking in love with others, or disliking myself or hating myself. I ask you to heal my heart and forgive me of my sins as I forgive those who have wronged me. I ask you to bless them. I ask you to bless me and make me whole once more. I forgive myself. I forgive myself. And I forgive those who have wronged me. I love myself. And I love others. And I just thank you, Jesus, for helping those who have prayed with me tonight. I ask you just to wrap them in your arms, tell them that they are loved, and heal the brokenhearted, and remove depression and hatred from their lives. We thank you, Lord, for making our lives less Sith-like <laughs> and for blessing our week and uh, year ahead. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys, I hope you had a great time tonight. Thank you for tuning into the show, and just remember that you are loved, you are valuable, and Jesus loves you.